thought this was a movement. everybody you know who's listening who listened last week everybody who was on facebook live to the bank that radio show page on facebook and watch the interview that we did um so y'all keep up the support uh we're gonna pay some bills real quick so just bear in mind and we're gonna get to our special guest tonight uh but attention middle georgia area if y'all need some of that help with the covid testing you're tired of those unconventional lines well, long lines, really, tired of the crazy hours. You can't get into the lab. You can't get into anywhere to get tested. McCain Labs has that solution for you. McCain Labs is located Rocky Creek Road, 1546A, Rocky Creek Road, Mega Georgia, 31206. Actually, up the street from the Baked Out Studios. That's what I'm talking about. Call McCain Labs, 478-461-4488. That is 478 478- 461-4488. Go ahead and let them do your testing. They also provide other tests as well. Paternity tests, they are the home of the $30 lab test. But we have online with us uh, second time to the show, Ms. Karen yeah, Danger. Hey, you there? I'm here, baby. What's up? <laughs> you no know, stranger to the show, so welcome back. Thank you. I'm happy to be here with you. Well, it, uh, I went back and I, uh, I listened to some of the interview we did the first time, but I was looking at the date. What really shocked me, I didn't know it was that long. I don't even think, can you remember when it was? Can't. You want me to take a gander at it, though? <laughs> yeah, go ahead Go ahead and take a stab at it real quick. How long okay, let's I'm going to just throw 2016 out there. Close, 2017, so, but okay. still. Yeah, 2017 was in June, so I was like, wow, <laughs> so it's been a long time, but you yeah. have been a Wait busy Wait a minute, shame woman. on you, shame on you. Yeah, I know, shame on me, I got to do better, I got to do better. 
<laughs> but um, you released your second project back in uh, December, Care Dangerous 2. Yeah. Um, you've also, you know, been putting yourself out there. How do you, uh, or what title do you give yourself now? Do you call yourself like a, are you a media personality, a radio, or I'd say content creator, but you know, how do you like to title yourself now with all the various things that you're doing? Care of dangerous, baby. I tell people all the time, I'm every woman. I'm trying to do everything I can do that I can, that I'm talented at. But if you want me to put it in one, two words, content creator, I think that's the hip word everybody uses nowadays. <laughs> well, you do, you're creating a lot. And I like the fact that you've taken to Instagram and uh, put yourself out there. Because, you know, I, I think artists get put in a box and whether it be fans, consumers of the music, or people in the industry themselves, I think, you know, they play some role in it in limiting what artists can do and only thinking that they can just do music. So what inspired you to get out there and, like, do interviews and create this whole platform for people to be heard, but also for your voice to be known? Yeah, so if you look under my logo for my podcast um, uh, slash my IG live show that I do almost every week, um, it's called Care Dangerous Talk. It says underneath the logo, more than an artist. And that, that slogan right there pretty much describes what I try to do. I'm more than an artist. I'm just trying to show every kind of way I can be creative. So with the Care Dangerous Talk uh, show that I came up with, it just it got created during COVID in the beginning, and when I saw the protests and I saw the, the crimes that were committed against black people and all the shootings and the killings and seeing my black people crying out, you know, being treated horribly, discrimination, racism, all that stuff we was going through last year and we've been going through forever, it mm-hmm. inspired me to want to talk. And I was also building my personal relationship with God back up again. And with the with the discernment of, of 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 what I felt like my spirit was telling me to do from God was to you know have a make a platform where I can be godly and kind of spread inspiration and make it a a, a platform where we can get our black voice across and our concerns across. Now, even though my shows are catered a lot of times to the black audience and the black voice, it is for everybody because anytime you catch the show, you're going to be inspired. We're always giving you tools to take with you. I mean, every time somebody watches or listens to the show, you can watch, you know, you can join us live on Instagram, and it's it's a lot of fun because, you know, people type and chat, and they ask questions. It's almost like having a studio audience. But if you miss the show live, you can watch on YouTube at the Care Dangerous Talk YouTube page. And then you can listen to us, too, as a podcast on Anchor and Spotify and iTunes and all the other platforms you can listen to podcasts on. So just trying to cover all the bases to get good information out to people and just to spread love to let black people especially know that we are black history and there's some good people out there. And I want to bring that to the forefront. And I want to also honor people that sometimes I feel like um, don't I don't know if they get that um, appreciation. I just want them to know they're appreciated. So I try to do that too. So I hope that answers your question. 
<laughs> yeah, it did, but that's what's up though because you know there, there's a lot of things that you could have done, and you know you chose to do that, but then you're also like you know I know that you know producing a podcast is more than just the audio, it's more than just the video. You know, like you said, people can go and revisit it on YouTube and then hear it on Spotify and. You know, you uploading it through Anchor and all that things, but then you're also promoting it. You got to book your guests. So along with, you know, being an artist and recording and solidifying that lane for yourself, what's the difference in the two? But then what do you see the similarities at? Well, I can tell you, I got a love for both of them because I get to talk and just still put my voice out there and talk about things that are important to me. I think mm-hmm. in the music, I can kind of, you know, some things you write about and you don't you don't necessarily have to ever go through them. You can just write from like a, a author's point of view. I could take what I see other people going through and write about it. You know, it's just another way for me to to uh to get out how I'm feeling, what I feel like going on in the world. And for the podcast, you know, I can talk about issues that's going on in the world. But I have extraordinary guests on who add to that conversation and they add their experiences because I always tell people maturity is all about the experiences you come by. And so even if you haven't experienced something, if you listen to my music, you can get something from it that you can relate to. If you watch or listen to the podcast, you don't have to go through everything, but maybe you'll hear something my guest said and it'll connect with you and you can say, like a lot of times, people always tell me they procrastinate and it's things they want to do. But every single guest I have on, they give you tools to say, hey, this is the reason why you got to keep working on your goals. This is the reason why you got to keep going. And this is not what you should be concerned with. This is what you should be concerned with. So I think in some ways, it's like they're, it's all like one, it's like they all, it's both kind of similar, different vibe for both of them. And that's, and that's why I like doing it. You know, it's like I could just reach more people by doing them both. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. 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 And I think the uh, the podcast is more instant feedback and interaction. That's like, you know, live in your face type situation with the music. You would have to create it and then put it out, test it, you know, with your uh, circle and then, you know, see how everybody else would react to it. But getting into your um, project, why Care Dangerous 2? And where do you feel you went uh, differently with this project as opposed to the first one? Yes. You know, I think you you can definitely, I think they're both great projects, I feel. But I think on the second one, you can see some growth. And I I talked about, I think it's more of a serious tone to the album. Mm -hmm. I got from a lot of people, it kind of sound a little bit more New Yorkish than the last album. Wasn't mm-hmm. really done on purpose per se, but I mean, I did grow up listening to a lot of East Coast music. But I just feel like this second album, Care Dangerous Two, is really complete, and I feel like nobody can question my talent. I feel like if you had questions on the first one, you definitely shouldn't have any questions on the second one. I feel like there's a song for everybody on there. I think you can't go away listening to it and not find something that you can connect with on the album. Yeah, I, de- I, de- I definitely agree with that. Um, I like uh, a few songs on the album. I really like the one that you did with Slum. Um, talk That Talk. Uh-huh, Talk That Talk. I would love to like, see what a video... And I like the uh, Nothing as well. 
I definitely. If I could do a video for all the songs, I would. You know, I I love <laughs> well, working you know, with Billy. Your videos, I can say, um, a lot of independent artists, I guess maybe in the urban area, do not put as much time and dedication into the videos as you do. Well, I appreciate that. The thing with me is I learned a long time ago is quality over quantity. So I may not yeah. give you a lot of music videos, but when I give you one, I try to make it as quality as I can at the time. And I want to try to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to give you something. I feel like I'm giving you a good story. I'm trying to give you a good visual. So if anything, I just want people to, to at least get from my project. Well, she's trying to put something together well. I'm not just throwing something out there. Like I want it to be well packaged. I want it to, I want it to look as hard. I want it to look like the work I had to put into it. So I want it to look fresh for y'all. Yeah. So do you feel you get uh, out of it what you were looking to get out of, or you're still uh, waiting to hit a, a certain goal? Well, you know. Since music is one of my passions, just anytime I can put a project out, I'm happy with that because I completed something. I think a lot of times, you know, we give up on our goals and dreams. So for me, just to complete something, like I, I consult with a bishop, and he told me that, and for the religious people out there, the devil, he doesn't like when you complete something. So after I was told that, when I try to start something, I try to make sure I definitely finish it. You know, yeah. especially because I know I got the right intentions behind it. I know that I love music. I do it for the right reasons. I'm not doing it for fame. I would love for more people to catch on to it. But at this point, it's not a question to me of if I'm talented or not. You know how the music business is. It's all about money now. Uh-huh. You know, have I always had all the backing I need to put myself out there? No. Do I think I got a good product? Yes. I would love for more people to catch on to Care Dangerous and what I'm doing, and I think over time they will. But if you're asking me, you know, do I feel like I'm getting what I deserve out of it? Yes. I mean, I hate to say no. I mean, like I said, I just I feel like I just got to keep doing what I'm doing. You know, mm-hmm. more so keep putting myself out there, more exposure. But I'm happy with the work I put out there. I can say that. That's a, that's a great feeling to have. I, I think you've accomplished a lot of stuff in that you're leveraging your network to, you know, you're doing what you're supposed to do. Because even going to your uh, podcast with Care Dangerous Talks, a lot of the guests that you have on there are higher profile people that maybe, you know, people who just started something but didn't have those relationships wouldn't be able to accomplish in obtaining those interviews. Yes. Well, you know, people have to remember, like, I'm not just somebody who does music. I put in time. It's not like I'm just coming out here saying I'm not just stunning on people. Like, I've, I've been in the entertainment business for over 15 years. I mean, I've been working since I was, like, 16, 17 years old. I started out at local magazines. I worked at the local news station. I mean, I went to school, uh, entertainment school. I studied recording arts at Full Sail. You know, I worked for big media companies, um, mm-hmm. some of the biggest companies. So I've been able to network and connect with people 
Now, nobody handed me anything. I had to get out there, shake hands like a president, kiss babies, all kind of stuff. You know, I'm, uh, but I do it genuinely because you got to make those connections. You know, people ask all the time, how you do this, how you do that. You got to be you. You got to find, you got to find what you're good at. I know that I'm good at talking to people. Now, that doesn't mean I'm best friends with 100 people. It just means that 100 people know my name. And they'll say, oh, I know who that person is. And that's what you got to do. So I've been able to get some good guests on my show just by speaking, just by knowing how to deal with people. I mean, I've had the comedian Mel on Care Dangerous Talk. I had Sherry Shepard. Just had a, a celebrity designer who styles celebrities on my show, Andre Hannon. Um, I had Kendrick Johnson, mother, Jacqueline Johnson. Kendrick Johnson was... um. You know, he was found dead in um, Georgia, but also Georgia yeah. Mount High School. That was a big, that was a big interview for me. You know, dealing with a case that magnitude and being able to talk to his mother. Um, I've I, I had you know, Fox uh, Sports host uh, Mike Hill on recently. I had Jamel Hill on. So I had a, a psychologist on talking about issues we deal with in the black community. So I'm just trying to cover all the bases. So what is it like taking you then? So to me, it seems like it's leading you down a certain road. Um, where do you see yourself going? Hell, you talking about I'm going down a certain road. Where do you see me going? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to go. Look, I mean, I will, you know, I'm trying to get this platform as big as I can and you know, like I said, you make those connections and you never know what's going to happen. So I'm just letting God open the doors and I'm just going to continue to do with what I know to do. And that's just to continue to do my passion and see and see what doors break down. You know, they say when you do what you love, things just start happening. So I'm going to have to test that and see if that's really true or not. And that's what I've been doing. I, I can say that uh, you do what you love and things do just start coming your way. Uh, one, because you've been consistent, in, which is great. A lot of people don't show the, the consistency, but you can tell that you put a lot of thought behind it. You can tell, you know, you were bringing something of value and it's not just like the new hot thing to do. <clears throat> Excuse me. Cause, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I want to start a podcast. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, it's the hot thing right now, but they don't realize what all goes into it. I'm like, you're wearing a lot of different hats. I'm like, you're, yes. you're going and getting your own interviews. You're editing. You're, you're a videographer and editor and a director or a producer, uh, a promoter, you know, the, the, the copywriter, you know, <laughs> so you have all these different things in one. And you have to be able to, like, you know, just handle your schedule accordingly to be able to produce something so that the end result people, you know, get something and they're uh, satisfied with it. But then you look at what you've done in the past and you approve upon it. So it's a constant process. And when you're building your own empire, that's, that's what it look like. This to me, what it looks like, you know, you're headed in the direction of, you know, you could be your own uh, media mogul type situation. I'm like the days of the traditional way about going and doing stuff are no longer there anymore barriers have been broken down and then with the internet and people becoming their own like brand um you know the the sky 
this is limit. You know, we can go anywhere with this. I mean, you just hit so many good points on the nail. I mean, right now, it, it, the the entertainment business is open because it's changing because it has no no other thing to do but to change. It, it always changes constantly anyway, but with COVID and us being shut down, you know, TV has just changed. You know, we have more opportunities to kind of put our own selves out there. And you're right, a lot of people do it, and it's not. But... You know, I heard somebody say this like yesterday or a day ago, and I hope I can get it right. It's it's like they were saying that, you know, a lot of times when people start out, they don't get a lot of support, and that kind of brings you down. And I definitely had some of those days. But the thing is, saying you want it to be hard because it's, you fight it to get through the door. And it seems like nobody's helping you, but see, for the ones who keep going, who don't give up, who show perseverance, the ones who can break through, when you break through from that bottom level, where nobody's supporting you, and then you finally break through. You you don't you you don't beat all that competition. Now you standing alone, and see that's the point everybody want to be at is where you at the point where now you the people, now you the person everybody looking up at. But the person was basically saying is you want it to be hard in the beginning because when you break through that bottom level and you finally make it up there, you you can know that you did that, that you made it through because you are talented. So when you say it's a lot of people podcasting, you know, I could think about that and say, well, why would somebody listen to my podcast? But you know what? It's a million podcasts out there, but it's not a million Kara. It's only one Kara Dane. There's only one person that can do it like I can do. So that's what I try to remember, and that's what anybody should try to remember who's trying to do anything. If you know you're good at something, just know you're the only person who can do it your way. So if you believe in it your way and do it well, do it good. Study your craft, and I think that's the biggest thing for me too. I don't just get on my show and just talk. I I know what I'm talking about when I get on there. Like, you know, sometimes people do things and they just do it half ass. I'm not doing that. I don't do that. Every guest that come on my show, I'm gonna know what they do thoroughly. Exactly. It's like you know, you being a journalist and everything rolled into one investigative journalist. <laughs> Right, and I'm, the reason I'm making a point about that is because I need people to understand that, like, when you're doing these crafts and these arts out here, don't play around with it. Because you got to remember, like, a lot of people want to be athletes, a lot of people want to be models, and they think because social media just it makes it where it seems like everybody's doing the same thing. But the people who've made it be doing that, most of them, even though you hear stories about this person did this to get here, most of the people work their ass off to get where they are. So that means that you can't play around. When you say you want to do something, you got to put your all into it. And you also, you want to take the art seriously, and you want to you want you want to respect the art, and you also want to respect the people who have already made it in the art. You gotta you gotta do that. And if you really respect the art, you are gonna make sure you study study it because that's how much love and respect you got for what you're doing. Yeah, that's, that's what I talk about. I'm, I'm definitely with you with that. Um, I definitely understand the frustration that comes along with everything. But to me, uh, you know, um, it's like, you know, we get frustrated or whatever. But at the same time, we know, you know, we'll stand the test of time. You know, because uh, Yeah, and I really have to tilt my hat off to you because I have to say, out of all the people in making, like, you're a very supportive person. Like, 
at first you really didn't even know me, but you would support me, you know, and I appreciate that. A lot of people talk a big game, but they don't really, they don't really follow. See you out there and you try to help out the community. You know, you always doing some giveaways or, you know, doing stuff in the community for the people. You got a black owned business. You know, you're trying to get information out of the people. So if nobody's told you, I want to say thank you. Because even though I'm not in Macon anymore, that's where I'm from, and my heart is always going to be there. And so when I see people like you doing what you're doing, that's great. That's good. You are the you are the type of people we need in the community. So I want to say thank you to you. <laughs> I appreciate that, Carrie. You know, I just, um, uh, you know, I just feel like I'm cut from a different cloth of what people stand for. I'm the best of the old and the new. I embrace change, but at the same time, I do believe in some uh, old school principles or whatever. And, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with, I've I've never believed in the notion of I had to put someone down in order to elevate. Um, And that has always been with me. And even though, you know, we all take losses, you know, we all have setbacks, it's just that's the only way I know how to be. I don't know how to be anything else. So I, I definitely appreciate that. Um, you know, I wish more people would uh, get behind us as like just just all of us in a in a in a sense of community, right? Because there is so much potential for making, um, and it, it actually will set the, it can set the tone for the rest of the state. I believe that. Um, well, you know, Atlanta is Atlanta or whatever, but, you know, at the same time, to me, it's oversaturated now. Um, it's been there for a few years now. Making it still small enough, but still big enough. I'm going to get to the heart in the middle of Georgia to get to every other major city. You have to come through here. There's things that are being done that's here. But at the same time, you know, there are the powers that be that don't want to see stuff happen or whatever. But, you know, in due time, everything will change. I just want us, though, as our people, to really embrace one another and network with one another and support one another, like you said, you know, because if we do that, then we don't have to worry about anything else. We have everything that we need, you know, and I'm a big believer of that. But I want to know when recording this uh, project, Care Dangerous 2, and I went through and actually uploaded all the songs. So if you have a particular song you would like me to play, then, you know, uh, let me know. But which uh, song was your favorite to record and why? Oh, wow. <laughs> you making me go back. I don't, hell, I don't even know if I, I can remember what song <laughs> was my favorite to record. But I think I'll just say Would It Be Life um, is a song that I feel like is very complete, and I really enjoy it. It's got a South Finger on it. His name okay. is L. Matthews, and I have a rapper on the first verse uh, from Brooklyn. His name is Gutter the Boss, and I'm on the second verse, and I get a lot of good reviews on that track. Um, it's crazy because I don't even, I don't really remember recording my pieces, but I remember just organizing the track and getting it to the features and you know, being excited when I heard the hook come back, I wrote the hook, that singer song, and and I and I heard him do his little 
I forgot what you call this African language, but he spoke it at the end of the track, and it was just beautiful. And I remember mm-hmm. being excited about the track and just getting the pieces together. So I think that song uh, was great. Oh, and then the song Whatever, the first track on the album, I do remember mm-hmm. recording that because I recorded it in New Jersey. It's a, a fast-paced song, and I remember the people who was on my team at the time, when they heard me going to booth and they heard me spit the, the, the verses, they was like, whoo! They was like, you did that. I mean, that red man, and he sent me a video back, and he said he really loved the way I was spitting on that. So, I do remember that, being in the studio for whatever, and it was just a good time, and it just seemed like the words were flowing from my mouth really good. I was like, is that me? Is that me spinning? You know, you be in the booth, you be spinning so good. You're like, is that me? But it was me, so. So I think, yeah, that one probably was one that I really remember being in the booth for. Well, I'm going to go ahead and play whatever then and let the people hear real quick, um, and then we'll get back into this. But everybody is listening. If you want to dial in, you got questions, 917-889-8041, and this is Kara Dangerous, whatever off her project, Kara Dangerous 2. You be getting on my last damn nerves. I mean the last one. <laughs> but you cute, though. <laughs> Only call when you wanna fuss. Wish you call when you wanna fuss. Know they say I got a mighty touch. Only get along when we get in the bus. Crazy bitch had a best set. Best set. Teach the things like sex said. I can tell you what your best said. I know what I put your head in. I know how to make the seats wet. Leave you crippled, got your head bent. You just wanna see the head shit. Who's who you bring up dumb shit? I ain't deal with no nonsense. You gon' miss how this palm feel when you start talking the fun end. Don't then run your mouth around the park. Wanna knock your head straight off the block. How you roll kill? You should be a boss at juice balls. Need a detox. Drop. She take cash or visa, gotta know how to treat her, give it to her a little deeper, she like the top, you wanna need her, mouth shoot off like a street tree, said I wasn't your ego, better check your ego, I just wanna avoid the evil, brought a plane of done evil, smoke a pound, it's all legal, really sure you wanna leave her, say you don't like talking, I don't listen enough, whatever, say you about to leave me cause you so fed up, Flirt, you know this violent. We all need help, like Kanye probably. Arguing flush is a stop silence. Arguing flush is a fuck probably. I just wanna get that love out you. Sometimes I just wanna go inside you. Don't know what I'm gonna do about it. Love me too, you a fool about me. Sometimes I wanna bring my foot inside you. Act right, that's your assignment. Otherwise, get a fuck around me. All right, y'all. That was uh, Kara Dangerous with whatever of her project, Kara Dangerous 2. Anybody out there you want to dial in, do so. 917-889-8041. We still got some minutes before uh, the show ends. Kara, uh, so uh, um, I'll be watching like some of your posts on, Facebook, on uh, social media, on Facebook and stuff. Don't look um, at Facebook. I'd be crazy on there. <laughs> now, I want to know, is that done with intent? Or, you know, sometimes you just, uh, like, post the stuff that seems it can rub people the wrong way. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it depends. Sometimes I do it on purpose. If I'm talking really ignorant, I'm doing it on purpose. Because, to be honest with you, I feel like a lot of times that's all people be interested in is ignorance. Like, I see 
people who talk about stupid stuff all day, they get the most likes and stuff. So sometimes I just do it to see if people still alive. And then I, they always prove me right. They show up. But, you know, whenever I try to promote something positive, you know, sometimes people are lagging behind. And people always say, well, Kara, keep doing it. But it's like, where are y'all at? You know, and that's they go back to what you were saying about making. Like, I've been hearing since I was a little kid, you know, Oh, making could be this and that. Making so talented. Yes, making is talented, but the thing that holds making back is just like everything, you know, we're 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 fakely united. And I think a lot of times, especially in the music, from what I hear from different people, it's too many people just supporting their side of making or their neighborhood or their little community. They don't support everybody from every corner of making, and that's the problem. If we want to be not like Atlanta, but we want to have the unity Atlanta has. We have to support each other as a whole. Like, it's some people I feel that probably don't even like me because I'm not, I don't live in Macon anymore. But, hell, I was born in Macon. My sweat and tears is from Macon. So y'all better lift me up because I'm doing this shit for y'all, too. You know, if I if I blow up, I'm going to come back to the town. I'm just keeping it real. Like, people be on some bull crap. And I have to be honest with you. I don't deal with Facebook that much. I get so much love from Instagram and other social media because it seems like I got more people from my hometown on Facebook, and and they just don't take to a lot of the stuff. And to be honest with you, when I first started my podcast, I had people in making in mind the most. I'm like, they gonna be they gonna be into all this celebrity interviewing I'm doing, this mental health talk I'm doing. I'm like, I want to do this for my hometown, but they like the least to show up. So. Somebody was telling me, you know what, people in your hometown be the last to support, but it really shouldn't be like that. Because if people want another Nipsey Hustle, but in a good way, without all the gang stuff, if people want another this and that, like they talk about, you got to support those people while they grinding, while you seeing them work. Like, don't wait till they blow up like Jeezy, and then you want to say you a Jeezy fan. You be Jeezy fan while he in a trap. Well. I heard Jeezy was from making anyway, so. <laughs> well, I'm just using that as an example. He's from like three other places, places Hawkinsville, uh, Atlanta. I mean, he's he talking about he's from Detroit. So it's like, but they'll claim him. But y'all better stop claiming people who ain't really claiming y'all. Y'all better love Kara Dangerous because she don't say she's from Mactown. I put Mactown in my songs. You don't heard me say it. I say Mactown a couple of times on my album. You know, I'm always, I, I'm never going to forget where I come from, but I had to leave to just experience more stuff and get myself out there. Because like you said, it's a big, small town, city. So I had to expand my horizon and go out here and get it. Like, I'm currently in New York in the Big Apple right now. You know, I'm just trying to, I'm yeah. just trying to, like, each generation should get better. And I'm and, and with, with my family doing, I'm trying to make sure each generation actually sticks by that. I want to do better than my mother did. I want my niece to do better than I did. So that's my goal is about legacy and leaving something for the next generation. And that's something all people, especially black people, should be thinking about. Yeah, no, I, de- I definitely agree. Um, and like you said, you know, we shouldn't – support people when they blow up you should claim them as their grind and that way you know it keeps them motivated things of that nature but my theory with that is that you know i've said this like i know at least hundreds of times or whatever but it, it's just a theory <laughs> it hasn't been scientifically proven or anything but i think a lot of people who don't support that you think that we as uh, people who strive and to achieve these goals uh, we think they should support 
Um, I think the reason they don't support it is because they saw us when we wasn't doing anything or, you know, we were just being like, I guess, average citizens or whatever the case would be. Now that you're out there doing stuff, you're making moves, they want to, like, you know, keep you in that box of how they want to see you, but you're a constant reminder to them of really how they see themselves because they didn't go out there and pursue their dreams. They're not trying to make anything happen. They talk a good game or they want it. They just don't want it bad enough to go out there and actually uh, try to achieve it because whether, I guess, whether fear or whatever the case may be, or even thinking that they might fail. To me, I think failure is not trying at all as opposed to trying to hit a goal that we try to do. But I think they're, you know, they're not really hating on us. They're just really hating themselves. And that's just my own perspective about that. Uh, I could be wrong. I've heard, I've heard people other do. people say that, though. I've heard other people say that. But you know what? People shouldn't be like that. Uh, because let me tell you something. If I make $10 million or more and I said screw making and I went to L.A. and never came to making, I bet y'all claim me then. I bet you will say, Karen, no, she from Macon. I don't know why she act like she ain't. Okay. So if I did act funny like that, would, should y'all really be mad if y'all didn't support me? No, you really shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But am I that kind of person? No, I'm not. But I'm yeah. just saying, if I was that kind of person, I don't want to hear nobody say nothing about it. No, no, no. I, I definitely get it. You know what I'm saying? So. I just think people, you know, making has had this whole history of like really producing all these crazy, well, not crazy, but all these wonderful individuals who've done amazing things, and whether it be in music or in other industries, um, you know. But I don't, I don't know what it is. It's like that everywhere. I'm like, it's not just making. I'm like, hell, it's like that in Nashville for me. And I don't even claim my hometown anymore. I'm like, fuck it. <laughs> I don't even really claim well, that. It, 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 it feels like that. And a lot of places, but put it this way, we've been talking about how many people you don't heard this for the years talking about, oh, making should be this, making should be that. So at one point that we stopped talking and we started doing because I'm sure L.A. used to be like that. But look at it now. It's not like that. I mean, at some yeah. point, New York was like that, but then it wasn't like that. At some point, Atlanta was like that, but then it stopped being like that. So we got to figure out yeah. why. And how did it stop being like that? We got to stop making excuses. Yeah, I can do that. I got to support more people. I got to, you know, so I'm not just putting the, the blame on everybody else. I know if I'm pointing my fingers there, it's what they say is two pointed back at me. Yeah. So we just all got to do better. I mean, I'm so proud. When I go into these uh, big companies I work for, I tell people I'm from Macon. I'm from Mac Town, from the hometown of Little Richard and Otis Redding. Yeah, I, I saw that he had done an interview as well. So, I'm, like, I know you be repping making, and you're not like, you know what I'm saying, you don't say it, like, on small platforms, whatever, you, you say it everywhere. So, you know, you're a true, uh, you know, you pump, what is it, make it run through your blood. Regardless if you've been yeah, here and or not. Yeah, there's some big people that know making. They either, they've been through making. I met Flo Rider, the big rapper from Florida. He got family in Macon, but he wouldn't know that unless I had opened my mouth and talked to him and tell him I'm from Macon. He was like, yeah, I love Macon. I got people from there. Um, who else? Um, one of the big anglers from ESPN. I can't even think of her name right now, but her family from Macon. Um, mm-hmm. The guy, the white guy from NBA, um, NBA uh, on TNT, Ernie, he, he mm-hmm. used to work at Channel 13 in Macon. How do I know that? Because I told him I was from Macon. 
uh, it's an ESPN anchor, David Lloyd, who's been there for century, for decades. And he used to work at Channel 13. So it's like if I don't open my mouth and tell people and be proud of where I'm from, I wouldn't know that. So people got to know it's a lot of a lot of people don't been through making. People know who making is. Let's give them a reason to keep knowing who and what making is. But I definitely, I definitely agree. So, what what are your plans for like the future then? As far as like you know, what do you see happening within the next year? Or so, or do you like you know, have you gone over your vision board, or are you really just Hell. you know going for the flow? Hell, I'm hoping you know God gonna knock some stuff out for me. You know, to be honest with you, the 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 future is bright. I don't know every crook and cranny, but I can tell you this: it's gonna be more content, more care dangerous, care dangerous talk branding. You know, I'm gonna have a website, merchandise at some point this year. I'm planning on dropping a third album with more features than I probably ever had. Um, do we have to wait till December again? What'd you say? I said, do we have to wait till December again? <laughs> You know what? People ask me that on other podcasts and they laugh. I don't think so. I got to mix it up a bit. I dropped it in December on my birthday, December 7th, you know, the past two years. Mm-hmm. So I got to mix it up. I would love to put an album out sometimes during the summer. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't really gotten deep into recording it yet. So we'll see yeah. how fast I can get that done. But, you know, definitely a summer album gives us a different kind of vibe. So, Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure out what kind of vibe I want to give y'all. I feel like I just want to, the next album, I got to swag it out. Maybe I'll do something a little bit more commercial. Who knows? Um, I'm sorry, say that again? I said, do what makes you happy. I, I think that is one of the best things as being an independent artist. You can do what creatively what makes you happy. You don't like, you know what I'm saying? You can listen to what people say, but if they're not really putting money in the pocket, I'm, you know, I, don't, I don't listen to people who put money in the pocket. Um, yeah, I want to do what makes me happy, but to be honest with you, I'm into so many different types of music, so many different styles of hip-hop that I feel like mm-hmm. I can creatively do different kind of sounds and I'll be okay. So when I say I'm going to mix it up, it's not because I'm necessarily trying to be something for somebody else. It's just because creatively... I like to mix it up because it lets me get another part of myself out to you guys. Uh-huh. You know, you're talking to somebody who grew up listening to classical music, new age music, jazz, R&B, gospel. I, I mean, I listen to it all. So when you got a person like that and I play instruments, I got respect for other genres of music. Then I want to, I want to do what I'm good at, but I also want to dabble a little bit and play around. So. You know that's that's why I do what I do with that. So, so do you think uh, living in uh, New York area has had an influence on your sound? Hmm. Well, we'll see on this third album. I mean, I guess since people saying the care, they just too sounded like New York. But I had pretty much finished all the songs by the time I moved here, so I don't think that was. But I was still living up north, so I don't know. Maybe it had some effect, but. I tell you this, if, if if a writer, and I'm a definitely a writer, if we write about it, our experiences, then I would say for Care Dangerous 3 or whatever the next album, my third project's going to be, should have some influence of the big city because that's what I've been living for the past almost a year now. 
so you definitely should get a little gritty vibe on there, uh, industrial city sound. One thing I'm proud of, a lot of people say, is a lot of my tracks already sound pretty bass-driven. They hard tracks. You know, I don't do no pansy tracks. My tracks are pretty hard, so... Uh, you know, I, I think I'm. I think I'm gonna give that city sound for sure. Like, I, what do you think when you listen to him? What's the vibe you you been getting? Because you, I know you checked out Care Dangerous one, and you checked out Care Dangerous mm-hmm. two. So, what's your feelings on him? Because you never really got to talk about him. You kind of gave me a little bit earlier, but yeah, I got a mixture. Um, it doesn't to me. It doesn't like pinpoint you anywhere. So to me, I think the sound will like work at a lot of different markets um mm-hmm. just like, but yeah to me i don't hear like you know what I'm saying, you being pinpointed somewhere like i could tell like a new york you know what i'm saying sound or even like here in the south you can you can tell you can hear but i don't i don't hear that with yours i hear a lot of mixture stuff which to me i think that's the best anyway because you know, there's nothing wrong with like, you know, mixing things up, making this big old gumbo and things of that nature. Um, I think actually creatively, like it pushes people. Like I think when you I really like and I was actually uh going through uh Facebook that it actually reminds me, you know, like how the videos, uh like if you watch something and it start something else will scroll in your or appear on your timeline. Yeah. I was at uh one of the old uh, Jay-Z songs that he did with uh, what was it? The, the first chick they signed to Marco Fella. Oh, start with an A. I can't remember uh-huh. the name. Of it. Something like that. And they did that song. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, the title. Can I get a what? what? Yeah, that's it. And I go back and I listen to it, and I'm like, you know what? It was actually very interesting because it was a New York lyrical song but they were trying to capture the essence of the south sort of say um i thought to me it it, it tickled me or whatever because i thought it was funny um because listening to uh, like new york artists rap or try to apply their skills and make it sound like a southern song it is just it's just funny to me but at the same time, well, people get mad when you say that. But even now, I feel like more than ever, a lot of the New York artists, they definitely are sounding like Atlanta artists. I mean, they got a little New York grit to it, but mm-hmm. like, but it's definitely got that Southern rock. I mean, not rock, but you know that little swag that the Atlanta artists are doing, and they kind of mixing it. Up. So they definitely not traditional New York artists anymore. I mean, some artists are still doing the New York sound, and they not yeah. even necessarily from New York. They could be from Detroit or whatever or Philly. Yeah. But as far as the New York based artists, I I get a lot of Southern um, sounds from them, and, and at least what my ear hears. Yeah, yeah. I, I think to me it's just funny or whatever. I don't. I, don't, I like respecting everybody's uh, craft and you know their sounds, and I think. That's what the '90s was. It was uh, a lot of regions competing for consumers, but at the same time, everyone was like true to themselves and wasn't trying to copy the success of something else. Like West Coast people were West Coast, you know, Detroit and New York, and everybody up north was up north and lyrical, and then down south, you know, 
it was uh, more about like, you know, feel good and uh, make you want to dance type uh, music. And it's like everybody played a part, but now with, you know, the South has been what, dominating for the last 20 years or whatever, it doesn't seem like it really wants to let it go. It's like everybody wants to sound like the South. And I mean, it's cool to an extent, but I listened to artists and appreciated where they're from because of that sound that they had. You see what I'm saying? Of course I see what you're saying. I mean, I I had the rapper Willie the Kid who has some great albums on my podcast, and I think I'm going to actually post that interview next for everybody. Make sure you go to my YouTube and uh, uh, check out that interview. It'll be coming soon, but me and him got into it on my show because I was telling him, you know, back in the day, people were hating on the South, and he was pretty much trying to deny it, saying uh-huh. he wouldn't subscribe to that, people just doing music they like. Well, that's bull crap, and I'm not going to let anybody from up north or nobody else get away with that because they know good well they used to hate on the South and say we couldn't rap and say we couldn't do that. Now, do I like all the music that's coming out of Atlanta? No. Do I feel like a lot of it's lyrical? No. But it's what's popular, so you got to give it its respect. And mm-hmm. also, they can't forget how they used to downplay us. Because, you know, back in the day, if they you talked to somebody from New York and you talked about hip-hop, they were very arrogant and cocky. Oh, New York, you know, hip-hop started here. and You know, y'all ain't got nothing but outcasts. And how quickly they forget about that, mm-hmm. you know. And not that That's I want true. nobody to kiss our butt, but let's not forget now. Let's not forget what really went down. Yeah, and then the interesting thing is if, uh, you know, talk to New York or whomever up north, uh, like back then, you tell them they're top five or even top ten, you wouldn't find somebody else from a different region listed. But yet, exactly. The proof is in the pudding if you want to compare metrics or whatever, whatever you want to compare, culture, influence, whatever. Uh, sold out shows. I just think, you know, people forget, like, you know, music is universal language, so it'll connect to anybody anywhere. And you don't have to, like, you know, I don't like people doing stuff that's popular. I like people who stand out because there's been a lot of one-hit artists. Okay. <laughs> and they'll keep coming and keep going. This is quick as time, um, but it's the ones who dare to change but don't lose the core essence of themselves. So, you know, those are ones. And I have to say also, it's geographic. Like, uh, if you look at it, I mean, they can't lie about it because a lot of, I mean, I'm here in New York. A lot of people moved out of New York and moved to Atlanta because they felt like that's where the opportunity was. Now, I still believe in the powers of New York and it's still being the city of dreams. There's a place I always wanted to be just because of that magical thing you you heard about it, you know, uh, when Mm -hmm. when I grew up. But, uh, you know, a lot of people left, and they down in Atlanta trying to make it. So just off of that, they can't lie because then my thing is, like, I was, if that's the case, you wouldn't be in Atlanta. And I and I love Willie the Kids. I'm not trying to get on him. I'm just simply yeah. using an example from what happened on my show. But, you know, that's where everybody's flocking because that's a hot place right now. So yeah. I mean, it's just really been building itself up as, you know the the hip hop mech of uh for what uh, for this generation. You know, uh, I find it fascinating that um within our genre, like people think you have to flock to a certain place, and this is just my opinion. Some people might disagree, 
I think you can make it anywhere in any, you know what I'm saying, sizable metropolitan area as long as you don't think that if you make it in one market, then you've made it. Just apply that same strategy to uh, other markets. I mean, that's what the whole, I'm like, rinse and repeat. That's uh, what I tell people to do, rinse and repeat. You do the same thing in one market that you did in the other, and you keep on doing it until you build that synergy because I'm like, it doesn't seem like, you know what I'm saying, in other genres as much. Like, I know with country music, whatever, being from Nashville, a lot of people flock to Nashville to pursue a country career. But I'm like, when you look at all of these stars and stuff, they actually, they've been made in other places as well. Why would it, it some people have come from, like, you know, small towns. Um, a lot of which is funny too, because it goes it goes back to the claiming too. A lot of other artists and other genres will claim where they're from, regardless of where they're from. They could be from a city that has two hundred and they just grinded their way and they just go from opportunity to opportunity to opportunity to opportunity and they just kept getting bigger. And some people feel like, you know, you get to a certain level of success you can't claim in our genre, that's what it looks like. Um you can't claim where you're originally from because then it would be Well, different. I think they just flop to what's popular. So if I'm from if I'm from Augusta, I'm just gonna simply say I'm from Atlanta. But you know, when we grew up in the nineties, rappers were saying like you said, exactly where they were from, but like, you know, we all know young Jeezy's not from Atlanta, but that's what he's gonna say because that's the most popular spot. We know uh Bow Wow's from Ohio, but he said Atlanta, you know. But he didn't, but you know, not, but he, like he tried to say, he never denied he was from Ohio, but that's just where he blew up at was Atlanta. So I think sometimes people will be like, well, I grew up there, but I blew up here. So that may be a factor as well. Yeah, it could be, but, but, uh, Bible always repped it it in his songs, though. Um, the only other person I can think off the top of my head that really reps where they're from was, uh, Pastor Troy. I remember, I wasn't even a fan of Pastor Troy, especially um, when I first came down from uh, Nashville. And I went from Nashville to Fort Valley and mm. really introduced one. It was a culture shock. <laughs> it took me two years right. to it. <laughs> I didn't understand slower pace uh, living, even though, uh, you know, Tennessee is still in the south, but, Nash- but Nashville is still a it's a metropolitan area, so I was accustomed to certain things happening at a quicker pace. But like Pastor was the only person that I really knew that, you know, really repped uh for where he was from. And then of course like, you know, Eight Ball and J G and all them or whatever, they they always claim Memphis on everything. So that was a uh, get it to a point is that back when Pastor Troy made it though that's when you were able to hit little markets. And uh, if you can hit little markets, that's the best way to make it. If you could take your car around and hit all the little towns and let them get to know you, you will be successful. If you got no, time I to do it. I literally tell people to do that. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, that's what you got to do. That's how rap used to happen. It used to happen out your trunk. It used to happen hitting up those small towns. But with this pandemic, like I said, music has changed. So the way that you put yourself out there, the way you're going to get known is going to be different. You're not going to be able to go to little towns right now. I mean, yeah. if you're in a place that's not dealing with the pandemic as bad as most places are. So you got to gotta constantly relearn the business uh, and learn what's popular for now. So 
fortunately and unfortunately, social media is the way. Um, and, you know, with trying to figure out the analytics and trying to figure out ads and all that, it's a whole another beast in itself. It's a whole other education that you have to get. Yeah. So uh, so what do you think about versus there? You think that was, that was a good thing or you think, you know, it'll fizzle out once, you know, say the pandemic gets under control and eventually uh, subsides or what's your thoughts on that? Well, two things. I think versus is cool. Another thing is that I think celebrities are extremely bored right now. Um, you know, they are used to getting a certain amount of attention, getting a number of jobs, being out there, you know, in the bright light. And I think that they need an outlet. I mean, when they had Patti LaBelle and um, and Gladys Knight, they, you know, Patti said, you know, you know, they basically started dancing and singing like they were performing. And she said, you know, because we don't get to perform right now. So I think that versus gives them an outlet to do what they're used to doing and get them in front of an audience. I mean, it was millions of people watching these verses or hundreds of thousands of people. So that's that's kind of giving them a little jolt in a time where they, norm, they, they haven't been able to get that exposure. So they're eating it up. So I think uh, Swiss, Beats and Timlin found a good thing for them to come up with that's been profitable and it's been enjoyable for music fans because just as much as the celebrities were bored, I think viewers were bored because they're used to taking in a, a certain um, amount of entertainment and going out to live events. And I think the verses give everybody uh, a couple of hours during the night to kind of get back to that feeling of being around people. I mean, we're virtually chatting in that you know, in the live, but, you know, that kind of gives people time to get back to that. So I think it's been good in that. Will it continue? Uh, I don't know. We'll have to see the demand for it. I think people are always interested in verses. I mean, that's why we like sports. I mean, that's why underground freestyle competitions are popular because people like to see people who are talented and creative go against each other. So I think Definitely, it could still be a lane for it. They may have to switch it up a bit and do it a different way and keep it fresh. But I think that, sure, it'll, it'll be a lane for it if it's done correctly. Okay. Well, Kira, I have a pre, uh, I really appreciate you uh, dialing in, but I've uh, thoroughly enjoyed this. But before we get out of here, because we ain't got much time left, let everybody know how can they reach you and how can they also tune into your uh, podcast. Yeah, so, again, my podcast is Kara Dangerous Talk. Follow me on Instagram. That's really the best place to follow me at Kara Dangerous on Instagram. I just made a new Twitter page for Kara Dangerous Talk, so you can follow me there. Definitely need some love there. Um, And if you follow me on Instagram, you can see when uh, the next live show is. Also, you can um, subscribe to me on the Kara Dangerous Talk YouTube page any podcast platforms if you prefer to listen to us. Uh, you can definitely find us on iTunes and Spotify and Anchor and, and all that good stuff. Just Google me. And if you think you would be a good guest, I, I normally don't. I do take um, uh, guest requests. Um, sometimes it takes me a while to get back to you, but what I'm asking people is you can email me and put in the subject line interview request. And if it's an interview that I'm interested in, I will get back with you. Uh, my email address is Kara Dangerous for real. So it's just Kara, K-E-R-A, Dangerous. If you don't know how to spell it, then get a dictionary. 
for real, F-O-R-R-E-A-L, caredangersforreal at gmail.com, subject line, interview request, and I'll get back with you if I select you to be a guest. So that's all the ways you can get connected with me. Uh, Kara, definitely appreciate it. It has not been a dull moment. Thank you for your time. I definitely want to keep seeing you thrive and succeed in succeeding. And y'all make sure y'all go out there and support Kara Dangerous. Download the album, stream it, support the Kara Dangerous Talks as well podcast. You can get that everywhere. Wait. Before you uh-huh. go, you gotta say you gotta say it's K D. Oh, you know what? I was gonna do the show with that. It's K D. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one, bro. Keep doing what you're doing. All right, you too. All right. Yeah. Told y'all this was a movement.